You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Championships. 27 SEC titles. 131 first-team All-Americans. 70 postseason appearances. 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Fifty-two to twenty-four, Alabama tradition. We welcome you in, Martin Houston, myself. We're going to talk with you for the next hour. George Teague joins us in thirty minutes. Uh, we're going to be talking about Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tennessee fourteen first quarter points. Alabama with only seven. Alabama flipped it in the second quarter, fourteen points, and was able to shut out Tennessee and only give up three in the third. Alabama only scored three, but the fourth quarter separated the game. Fifty-two to twenty-four, twenty-eight. Fourth quarter points. Alabama closed the deal on Tennessee and the cigar smoke and the haze and everything around this Alabama football team. Not a clean, perfectly executed game, but good enough to go 15 in a row over the Tennessee Volunteers. 33 first downs, only 10 uh, for the University of Tennessee. When you look at passing, able to pick up 12 of those, 18. But the biggest uh, coming away out of the game was about Bryce Young. And it wasn't about his arm because we've all been able to see that throughout. Uh, but everybody wanted him to run the football. If you paid any attention to Alabama fans on Facebook or Twitter or any of the social networks, you wanted to see him take that next step as a runner and to be able to account for that. And not only will it show up in the stats, I mean, it's not like that You know, he, he took off and just did everything, but enough when you look at the um, total of 10 attempts for 57 total yards, they did lose a couple there, so you take that away uh, in a 42-yard net. But it's now that these teams are going to have to look at Bryce Young and consider him a threat uh, because the, the ability uh, is there, and you're going to have to account for that if you're the defensive opposing team. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the football. Many of you guys are wanting an explanation. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? Many of those questions are on the defensive side of the football. Coming up in 30 minutes, actually 27 minutes, we're going to talk with George Teague, an All-American football player at the University of Alabama, longtime uh, NFL veteran. We're going to ask him, and the only reason that, uh, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I saw George put up a Twitter uh, video a couple of days ago, and he, he he got a great explanation about Alabama's secondary and some keys that they need to communicate, uh, keys that they need to correct, keys that they need to fix. So we're going to talk with him coming up in about 27 minutes. We're going to feature George T. 
and we're going to ask him to kind of elaborate on some of the things he said there. It's, it's just about two minutes on the video side of things. So we're going to do that. But let's start with the best coach in college football, Nick Saban's opening comments as Alabama took down the Volunteers. This is a great rivalry to me, to us, to a lot of people in the state of Alabama. I think our crowd was fantastic out there. I think they had an impact on the game, especially the student section. Um, you know, we did some things that, you know, we need to get fixed, obviously. Um, busted a couple coverage on defense, fumbled the ball in the nine-yard line, got a punt blocked, roughed the punter on fourth and 30. I mean, just some really things that um, we shot ourselves in the foot. And uh, I think those things really need to get corrected or, you know, they're going to cost us at some point. But uh, I told the players, look, man, we got a bye week coming up. Um, we got a real team we got to play in two weeks. Uh, we need to get some rest. Uh, we need to recover. But we also need to focus on what we need to do to finish the season. And getting some of these things corrected is obviously the thing that we want to focus. But I'm not going to be negative about the game. I'm not going to be negative about our team. Uh, I'm really positive about uh, the way they went out there and kept competing in the game. And even though everything wasn't perfect, uh, we made the plays that we need to make to, to win the game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm pleased. Um, and we just there's just some things that we need to, to do better. Uh, and I still think that um, we don't need we shouldn't need to be humiliated to go out there and play the way we're capable of. Uh, we should be a team that, you know, wants to beat other teams because of who we are, what our DNA is, what our disposition is, what we want our identity as a team to be. And we're going to keep working on that. So, um, but uh, it's a great win for Alabama. It's a great win for the state, the people in the state, uh, and, um, you know, all of our fans and supporters and our players. 15 years in a row against the Tennessee Volunteers. If Nick Saban would have walked in and you would have go back when he was hired here in Tuscaloosa and you would have said that he'd beat Tennessee 15 years in a row, that within itself is a pretty amazing accomplishment and, and that important game uh, when Tennessee, and you've really just imposed your will on these guys that they really have no hope uh, of beating Alabama except in the first quarter, and then Alabama was able to separate, kind of uh, fix some of those things. I've covered Nick Saban since he stepped foot on campus. I was there the day that he arrived. I think I've got a pretty good finger on the pulse, the way that he handles success or way that things don't go his way. When he knows what buttons to push, and if you ever notice, if he's got a really, really good team, he will go after these guys. He'll talk about execution. He'll talk about cleanup. Hey, this, 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 and this. Jacob, has it been unusual that he's complimented this team? Like after, I mean, they beat a team 52-24. But like Texas A&M, they lose the game. He's been almost like in a highlighting the positives and not harping too much on the negatives. Is Nick Saban changing right in front of our eyes? Because I've noticed this a few times this year, that he takes this approach. And a very complimentary uh, on his football team. I think he's been changing for years. He has, like, he's been changing since Tua Tungavailoa got here, to be honest. Well, he, but, and, and Tua, he, he said that Tua did change him. He said he made him more polite. But I think, I think a lot of it comes down to you have to temper your expectations with this team. Like I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it, this ain't last year. 
It you're right. You know, so if take it this way. Tua Vailoa in the NFL right now. He's doing a lot of good, but he's doing a little bit of bad, and that little bit of bad is the difference in the, in the Dolphins winning and losing games. Absolutely. So, you know, for those of us that stick up for Tua, we're having to point out all the positives, and for those that are negative on Tua, they're pointing out those one or two mistakes that he's making. And both of those can shape a narrative in a different way. So if if Saban just continues to harp on the negatives when this team isn't as good as past teams, but it still is a championship caliber team, he might kill the confidence of the team. So maybe it's one of those things where he spent enough time with this roster of guys and understands the way that they need to be spoken to. You talked about it the other day. Some guys got to get yelled at. Some guys got to get patted on the back and told it's okay. Maybe he's got a lot of guys that are the latter. That doesn't mean you can't win with them. That just means you have to change the way you talk about them. So when you look at this team, it just, it's, it's unique, I guess, when you when you walk in because you'll see, you know, I, I had probably about three former players who text me and said, if we did what Josh Job did in that latter part of the game, he said, I'm telling you, man, he would have embarrassed us. He would have absolutely did a lot of different things. And it was that was the part, yeah, I mean, it, you know, he's corrective, but it's not this Nick Saban – Throwing the bleacher across the uh, you know the fifty yard line, he still gets fired up. He, he was does. livid after those kickoff the d- delay of delay game. of games because yeah. they're inexcusable. So the things that are inexcusable, he still gets fired up about them. And he did try to deflect I, I, in the in the press conference, which he's done this before, especially when a player is like an obvious mistake. He'll almost deflect away. He did that in that press room. He said, "We got to be a little quicker on getting the calls in and and making some of those." Uh, situations, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask George Teague about that. He could give us maybe a deeper explanation. We'll talk to Mark Houston. He's uh, running a couple of minutes uh, late, uh, but he'll be here in just a couple of minutes. We'll get his analysis. Then we'll lead right into George Teague and we'll let you hear some Nick Saban on Bryce Young because Bryce took that big step as a quarterback. And I say that I, I don't want it to sound like it's critical because it's not, but it's, it's another part of his game uh, that if he's there, when you look at Bryce Young, 24-53, completion, 9.2 average, 26 touchdowns and three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 177, according to the ESPN algorithm. 187, 267, 2,453 uh, 2, yards, 70% completion. But they'll have to account for now his mobility uh, because he's going to use that uh, when you look at the total yards. We'll continue. Martin Houston coming up in a couple of minutes right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
jump off, nobody gonna know. Can't you see? So we're welcoming you right back into the game. We'll talk to George Teague coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. We'll have a chance to feature George Teague, 630. Uh, Martin Houston is going to be joining me here in a couple of minutes. We'll talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football, and uh, we'll talk about this Bryce Young, uh, what he's been able to do. You look at grades, uh, it's something I've already promoted that we're going to do on the game. Uh, starting tomorrow, we'll do offense, and then we'll do defense, or we can do it reverse uh, either way. Might let the first caller out of the gate talk about that. But we'll talk about the grades, and we'll hand out some of those. I also propose the question, where do you want to see this team improve? This is probably, in my opinion, and I'm going to get Martin and George's opinion on this as well, that this is the most important week of the season. Uh, because you you have an eight-game sample size. You know where that you need to improve. You know the things that you need to clean up. And now it's, it's about getting that done uh, when you look at Alabama. If Alabama is going to reach the goal – of hoisting up a trophy up in the state of Indiana, this is the most important week when you look at it. It's not LSU. It's not New Mexico State. It's not Arkansas. It's not Auburn. And if you win all those games, it's not the Georgia Bulldogs. It's about you. It's about trying to find a way to correct. Looking back, and I'm sure Nick Saban will do this, uh, coaching, trying to find the fundamentals. And I often wonder if he may experiment a little bit uh, in years past uh, when things maybe don't go well. I was talking to another uh, former GA here. Uh, several years, uh, so don't try to guess who it is, but probably eh, 15 years ago. Four, no, no, it was early part of the uh, 12 years, 13 years ago. And uh, we were talking about, I said, well, is Nick Saban one of those guys that's always willing to experiment uh, when he's trying to find it? He said, I think he will. I think he'll try to find, and I don't think, listen, I think week by week by week by week by week, Nick Saban's always looking to play the very best players. I mean, you're not starters uh, for guaranteed the entire season, so uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to get benched, but he may try to find a way to make sure that he's confirming that he's got the five best guys on that offensive line. You look at the secondary, he's probably going to evaluate uh, some of those things. I don't think that anybody behind them is going to be able to beat those guys out, uh, but competition always makes us better. Josh Heupel last week on the SEC teleconference made something, and I've, I pointed this out a couple different times. He said, if you if you have, for one, players saying it and then coaches saying it, he said it's two different things. He said if players come and try to correct behavior, it always hits home more than what coaches do. He said also leadership and competition in that locker room, he said there's nothing else you can do is for that as well. He said if, if you've got competition and your players know that you have competition behind them, he said it, it adds another element of trying to correct the behavior, uh, whether you know it's lack of attention to detail or lack of whatever it may be uh, when you look at uh, competition. So, Jacob, I, I don't know if we even got you to chime in, but what's the one thing that you want to see this team correct? Uh, if they're going to hoist up a trophy, if they're going to win an SEC title, if they're going to win the SEC West, if they're going to hoist up a national championship trophy, for me, it's the offensive line because I'm putting responsibility on that side of the football because if Alabama's going to win a national title, it's going to be offensively that's going to carry this team. Where, where do you want to see this team take that big step? Something Nick Saban's been harping on all year, just consistency. Because we've seen you know, the, the, the team, the, or excuse me, the – uh, the position groups and the individual players that I've harped on or that I've been critical of all year, they've had good games. 
whether it's Chris Owens or it's the off-ball linebackers or it's the secondary, all of those guys have had good games. You know, a lot of people wanted to come after Daniel Wright after he got, you know, after that first quarter against Tennessee. They didn't have a bad thing to say about him against uh, or, or in the previous week, you know, because he played a fantastic game in his first game out. So I, I, th- I just want to see consistency because every time we turn around, you know, and, and we see a great game out of these off-ball linebackers that go right back to the way they were, <laughs> or we see a great game out of Chris Owens, he goes right back to the way that he's been playing. So consistency will be the key because they're great players. They just they don't consistently well, play well, why, like great players. Why is that? I mean, is it is it simply – Sometimes it's just the other team. It is. It is. I mean, Chris Owens had a great game against Ole Miss because he didn't really have to block that many people because they had five guys in the box and we were running the ball. That makes it extremely easy, you know. So, but but you know, you can go out and you have a good game against Tennessee too. Then, you know, well, they're a feistier defense that blitzes a lot. So having a good game against them is great. But then why did you play so bad against A&M? You know, you, you just – sometimes it's the other team trying hard no, to – Sure. Well, and Alabama does get their best game. I mean, exactly. everybody. Everybody comes – I mean, New Mexico State would probably be playing their best game against Alabama because they require your level of attention to detail and the focus, if not. Um, you, you just kind of wonder when you look at this team. You said it consistently, and the first thing that went through my head, you could, you could argue against Mississippi State. But has this team played four quarters against anybody? I'd say Mississippi State and Southern Miss. And and even with Southern Miss, you know, it's still a little bit there at the tail end. But, you know, it's backups. I know Saban takes that very seriously. I do too. Sure. For sure. film purposes. But outside of that, I, it, it's, it's Southern Miss. They're out there to screw up so that they can learn, <laughs> you know. So, but, but I, yeah, Mississippi State, Southern Miss are probably the two that I'd say. But, and, and those are two of the easiest games on the schedule. So, you, you kind of got to show it a little bit. I, I think he showed a little, little bit this week against Tennessee, a little bit. But, you know, if you can really do that against Auburn, I'd feel a hell of a lot better going up against Georgia. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Very, very much so. Uh, so this Alabama team is, is going to try to correct some of it, and, and we're celebrating for one a 52-24 victory over the Tennessee Volunteers. And uh, like I said, George Teague is going to join us. Martin Houston is going to get in here. Uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, and we're going to talk a little Alabama Crimson Tide football. And I'm kind of, I'm always excited to hear these guys kind of analyze football from their perspective. And George threw out something. He said, "What they're doing in the secondary is starts before the ball is snapped." And he said, "Some of this has got to be on communication." And he was talking. He gave an example of stacking the receivers. He said, it is very key that you've got to be able to communicate in those situations because that's what they're doing it for. They're doing it to confuse you. And, and to pick you off. Sure. Naturally. Absolutely. To get you uh, in, in, in some areas where if you don't communicate, then you're going to look a little bit silly. So I thought George had a great explanation. One of the reasons I reached out to him and said, hey, jump on with us. We'd love for you to talk about it and kind of elaborate. So Teague's take, and, and if you ever have a chance, I know we we did some things with George uh, a couple of uh, months ago, I went on his podcast. He came on the show, and we talked. Uh, but Teague takes a is a fun breakdown. The only part is when he's asking me questions, I'm going, "Come on, man! I mean, this is an all American defensive back. What else can I explain uh, that you don't already know?" That was the only thing that was kind of odd about it because it's uh, one thing though. He's talking about these defensive backs, and and you know he's got the expertise at sure. it. Obviously, I mean he's a great player in the NFL, not just here. 
and and Carrie and I get on full on rants about this in post game almost every single week. You think the safeties are playing out of position? No, I mean, well, yeah, I think battles I, I out heard, of position. I heard you Saturday yeah, night going off, but on. but that's battle still played well at free safety. He's just out of position. The thing that kills me, and you know, you can hear Jumbo call about Josh Job's pass interferences. These defensive backs, not near one of them, turns around and looks for the ball. You, you want to know why we have only got like two or three interceptions all year? Because they don't play the ball. They never turn around and well, look for but, the ball. But that is a basic fundamental of, of, of Saban's teams. If you look at the 14 previous years. Is it? Of Saban's team? Of football, yeah. Of Saban's football team. I mean, when I go out to practice, this is a point of emphasis that I've seen him light up more players about not doing this in practice than any other thing that I see him. Because you got to remember, we all we always watch defensive bias because we always get the one on. We, we don't get like team drills. We get individual drills. And that's the one thing that he will light up a defensive back uh, for not getting their head around. I mean, and, that's the most frustrating thing because only good things happen when you turn around. Because if you bump into and stumble into the receiver, there's no PI call. You're playing the ball. And... You know, if that doesn't happen, then you're playing the ball. You have a chance to knock it away or intercept it. And I don't remember the last time I saw an Alabama defensive back turn around and play the ball. It, it might have been Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it, it's been a long time. I, I don't know. Patrick Sertain. Sertain was guilty of it a couple of times, too. Well, I mean, but I mean, not all these guys are going to Sertain was usually better, you know, like, I mean. And that's the one thing. Sertain and I, was good at everything. But, but he was. He was, he was but, good at playing jump routes. But the <laughs> the other part, and, you know, we, we do throw a lot of darts. I'm guilty of it, of this defensive side of the football. But if you've got a lockdown corner, the flexibility that it gives you, uh, with not having to make sure. I mean, if you've got a guy that can lock down and you can take away their number one weapon, look at the flexibility that it gives you on your calls. And they don't have that. The closest thing they have Jalen Armour Davis. is Jalen Armour Davis, but he's still very susceptible to getting mossed on. He's young. Because I mean, he's, he's, well, inexperienced. Because, well, yeah, because of the knee injury. Yeah, he's been here for three years, right. but but he's playtime inexperienced. But outside of that, he's shut more people down than I think Josh Job has. And, you know, you've heard me say this a lot of times. I don't think Josh Job is playing bad. It's just a lot of bad things tend to happen around him. Uh, and the pass interferences are usually the main culprit. But it, it, it helps on everything, though. Because, you know, while Will Anderson's got, you know, eight and a half sacks, four of those came in one game, he'd have a lot more, yeah, if Chris Allen was on the other side. But also, if quarterbacks can't get rid of the ball in time and rhythm because defensive backs are, you know, shutting down these passing lanes and, you know, shutting down these, these route patterns and whatnot. You're right. I, Patrick Sertan's a big reason why Will Anderson was able to have such a big year and just focus on being a pass rusher as well as the linebackers behind him. George Teague next in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk about defensive backs. Mark Houston will join us tied at 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
right back into Alabama tradition. Martin Houston will be with me in just a couple of minutes, uh, but we're going to welcome in George Teague, the All-American defensive back at the University of Alabama, longtime uh, NFL veteran. Uh, George, welcome back to T-Town, man. I hope you're having a great day. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Dude. Roll yes, Tide. Sir. 15 years in a row over the Tennessee Volunteers. No, man, it makes me chuckle. It makes me chuckle. I actually had to send a couple messages to some of the guys I played up against and asked them, did you ever win any games against Bama? And they didn't like that. Because <laughs> it was no. Because I beat them every year that I was there, too. <laughs> 15 years. I mean, this has been a very streaky rival, but uh, 15 years. I mean, you almost have to just back up and, you know, man, uh, what an amazing accomplishment. Kind of feel sorry for him a little bit, but I'm happy for our, our squad and that we're, you know, continuing to roll. And, uh, you know, for, by week for this for, us. for this rivalry to continue, um, do they need to win one at some point? You do, or they do. Yeah. Because it's not even, they're not even close. You know, it's got to be better um, because you you lose a sense of rivalry. Because yeah, even playing against Auburn or something, regardless of what state each team is in, it always seems to be a good game, and you're worried about losing. You know, or yeah, I don't think you go in saying, "Man, that we're so much better than them." So this is. Uh, it's kind of hurting our TV ratings a little bit, man, with them not being that good. So they need to pick their stuff up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I asked a uh, one of the Tennessee guys last week. I said, uh, "Well, you know, with the Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC, how do you protect this future of this rivalry?" And he said, "Well, move Auburn and Alabama to the SEC East, and let Oklahoma and Texas fill this void over here." And he said, "The problem's fixed." And I'm like. So you guys really want to play Alabama every single year? He's yeah, absolutely. I'm like, wow, okay. So wow, yeah, I, I was kind of shocked at it too. So uh, I guess that would be one possible scenario. But uh, are you preparing these Texas and Oklahoma people for what they're about to enter? I mean, if, oh, absolutely, I am. <laughs> okay, one hundred percent, I am. Like they're they're thinking they're wanting this. Um. And I know there's other reasons, you know, maybe that the athletic director's thinking or, you know, the president of the school for financial gain. Um, but, you know, coming into this grind of of competition every single week is, is going to be different. And it's going to – we talked about it before on one of the other shows. I can't remember. But it's just going to change recruiting too because it's going to give us more opportunity, more as an SEC, to be in Texas um, recruiting. Um, you know, so it's going to be harder for, for them to even get the Texas kids, let alone people out of state. So I don't know. I don't know if they're really ready for it just yet. I don't think so. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and as we see the SEC expanding and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed my trips to Norman, uh, back in the early 2000s. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, let me let me welcome in Martin Houston into the conversation here on Alabama Tradition and Martin and uh, George Teague, former teammates. Martin, it's good to talk with you. I hope all is well, man. All is well, Ryan. I apologize, man. I'm out here trying to help coach and uh, had to get a little bit of charge on a dead phone and just got enough. Hopefully I can make it through the rest of the night. <laughs> I got you. No worries. No worries. No worries. Uh, it's good to be able to talk with you, and uh, I'm always excited to hear you and George kind of bouncing around a little bit. So, uh George is already in with us, so he's already here. 
What's up, George? Hello, teammate. What's up, teammate? What's up, man? Nothing much. Hey, How you man. doing, man? I'm trying to figure out when you said you're coaching. I'm trying to figure out what that is. Are you, you got a little little youth team, or what's going on? No, I, I help uh, I help coach running backs over at Northridge High School. So, oh. uh, in, in in my free time, <laughs> like you would know something about running back or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't block, you don't play. He said. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's 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 prerequisite. <laughs> well, you know, it's a lost art of what um, Martin. I shouldn't say lost art because there are some teams that still run with the true pullback, and I think that's why I like watching Minnesota and you know, others because they got some real fullbacks. Uh, the 49ers, the 49ers represent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. I ain't gonna go that far now. Now you getting me to cross over out of my cowboy land, so <laughs> <I'll> stop. <laughs> Biggest takeaway for you, George, uh eight games into the season on this Alabama team. Um we're still not as good as we could be. Um as talented as we are and I mean as many games as we won, I still think there is not just a little room for improvement, but a lot of room for improvement. Um, both sides of the ball, honestly. Um, you know, I've seen for the first time, I guess I've seen um, Bryce, uh, Miss Jamison on a few of them deep over routes um, a few times. You know, they're probably explosive plays, or I know that they would be explosive plays. And I actually started counting up explosive plays that we've given up on defense over the past four or five games and it kind of amazed me of how many 20, 30, 40, you know, 50-yard bombs that we've given up um, in the secondary. Um uh, not saying it's the secondary's fault. I'm just saying it's the the battle of those of explosive plays. We, we got to even that out some. You know, um, I know Martin. It's just the game. The offensive game is different, right? We're always looking for explosive plays. I, I get it, um, but defense, we got to limit those. Um, and so, whether that's scheme or technique or pressure or whatever it is, um, that's the only thing that bothers me. For once we get hopefully into the playoffs and we're playing against other teams like that, we we got to do a better job of. Being better with the explosive plays and getting stopping those against us. Hey George, I, I talked a little bit about that this morning, and 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 you know you're talking about offense. Offense has been different, and I kind of pointed out that these coaches, these schemes, speed, uh, and and some of the things they do uh, are are causing whether it's hesitation whether it's confusion, whether it's, I call it dual communication, where you have to communicate one thing and then the offense, and then you have to communicate something else and it doesn't make it all the way through, uh, that's creating some of those big plays. Um, and outside of those those moments, our defense has been really solid. So we were talking about what would you want to focus on during this during this time and it's how to – it was that exact thing. How do you improve communication or um, alignment or whatever it is that, that that's getting off in that 
in, in the hurry-up game or the dual communication game. Um, do you see that as, as one of their biggest challenges? Is, is it the communication or is it the speed alone? Um, I think you're on, I think it's both. Um, because if, if you're, so this, these teams that run this, I'm saying hurry up offense, everybody has a hurry up offense, but when they're making those dual calls or whatever, and they're up on the line so fast and they're snapping the ball so quick, you know, that is hard. If you don't run that uh, with your offense, it's impossible to simulate that. I tried as a high school coach, and you're trying to throw some cards up, and you're trying to go hurry up, and you know you're just saying, "Hey, we're running the same two plays." You know, just because you're trying to get the speed of, "Hey, you need to hurry up and look over here and get the call," and you know, not be mad because something happened. So, yes, you do have to practice that, but you got to have some way to simulate it the best way possible. Um, so we actually started having two huddles. You know, just. Hey, you already got your play. As soon as the play over, get back up on the line. Everybody got to get back in recording. So you got to practice that, and you got to be prepared as a defense of, okay, what what happens if coach didn't get it in? What are we going to play? As opposed to everybody just looking over. Someone has to take charge. That's leadership then at that point, you know, and something the coach telling someone, hey, we're, we're going to play whatever. Base cover four, <laughs> you know, just don't yeah. get beat deep. <laughs> you know, back up and play quarters. Yeah. I, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and I, yeah, I don't and think we had that in place. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the thing. I mean, it's defenses almost have to take the same approach that offenses do. Like, you know, for instance, sometimes at, you know, at the high school level, when we want to go fast, we got a word. You know, like, and that word actually is a play. Mm-hmm. You know, and so – so there is no time like, you know, say uh, just you run a play and then you say Bama. Well, everybody knows that Bama is toss 28. And they're at the line and you're like, how can they run a play that fast? Because they have this coach. It's almost like defense, as you say, almost have to have that same type of mindset. Is if we get up there and they're lined up and we don't have time, we got to say one word that every – because it's better to have – it's better to have 11 guys playing the same defense um, that may not be the best defense than to have the right defensive call and have nine playing and two not. That's right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. That is a great point. That is a great point. And you're right. And that's it's just wording it. And I don't know. I'm not, I mean, it seems simple, but it, it really is. And that's whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> Uh, you said just give a word and someone, the Mike linebacker, you got to give authority to someone, the safety, whoever, start it, echo it, and let's go. You know, and right. I like yep. what, what you said. Let's just don't, don't, it might not be the right defense, but we know we're not going to get hit. You know, but, I, but at least all 11 of us are playing the same one. All of us are playing right. man or all of us playing zone, all of us playing, you know, you know, whatever it is. And you, you just have to, you have to do that because, you know, the Tennessee went as fast as I've seen anybody go, especially being a running team. Um, they they went extremely fast. They were they were snapping the ball with twenty three seconds on the play clock. That's how fast they yeah. were going. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to communicate a new defense every time that that's happening. 
You, you can't, especially if you're as complex as we are. And with a defense, right. maybe you're trying to read and you're looking at alignments and all that kind of stuff, you can't. So I played against a school in high school one time like this, and I still don't know how they do that. I'm watching the film. I'm like, somebody got to be walking off the field. There's no way they keep running these plays this fast, <laughs> you know. Um, and it put us in a bad spot because you, you can't – you if their tendencies aren't that big or you don't even have time to look at the tendencies of the coach, you know, okay, it's second and seven they're going to run, and I need to call this – you don't have time, you know, and so then the coordinator gets behind or the play caller, and then they're, you're out of sync because now you're just playing this. Um, I think Martin's phone one died there, so uh, he gone. he's gone. He gone. He's gone. So, uh, <laughs> did, what you guys are talking about is that what is that what happened? I I hate to highlight a guy, but um, when when Joe kind of got beat uh, with that busted play there, Saban said something about. Not getting the call in on time, and and he that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was a hurry up. They had two plays called, or they went. We tend to call it now. That's what I call it. You know that they just say now one. You know, meaning we're going to go right now, and we're running play number one, and they all know what it is. And we're looking around. Our corner is looking around, and they snapped the ball, and he's not ready. You know, it's just that's that's. Uh, a preparedness that we need to have that, hey, as soon as they, someone starts seeing them linemen get back up on the ball, we, we got to scratch whatever coach is thinking about calling. We got to start saying, all right, now we're going to run this till we can get through this and not give up this big play. George, um, how would you evaluate linebacker play this year? Uh, I'm going to – I feel better about our linebacker play. This, some people may think I'm crazy uh, with this, but I, I do feel better um, about it. And maybe it's because of the way that guys are playing up front. Now, I think we're missing too many tackles still. Uh, I do think we're, we're doing some of that. Um, but it, it's it's better. Um, so if you're asking me to give you a grade, uh, I'm going to go – now, I didn't think highly of it in the past, okay? So when I say this, I, I think we're at a – I don't know if I'm going to be minus or C plus. Okay. Um, you know, as far as that goes, particularly the linebackers. I mean, but when you got some dudes like that up front who can keep people off of you um, and let you run gaps, um, it's, it's still a little bit disappointing that maybe we're not – moving or reading fast enough. So I got a different eye, you know, when I'm watching the thing. I, I can see that we're either hesitant sometime of getting off the spot at linebacker, um, as athletic as they are and as good as they are. Um, and we're still having some problems getting these guys out of the backfield with our linebackers, man. That irritates me so much, Ryan. I'm I, just telling you, man. I ain't like, we, we ain't covered a running back yet. Um, and um, that bothers me. <laughs> a lot. That's why I can't give him a day. <laughs> We're talking to George Teague uh, here on Alabama Tradition, and um, I, I want to switch to the final couple of minutes here with the offense. Um, I had high expectations for Bryce Young, uh, but if you had told me during the bye week that he'd be 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, and 2,453 <laughs> yards, um, I got to be honest, I didn't have that. I had high expectations, but uh, he's, you know, He's exceeded those. Uh, how about you? 
Oh, definitely. And how much did he scare you this past week when she started running and all that kind of stuff? I know everybody's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, um, and I think that's an element. I'm glad to see that that's evolved. Uh, he's definitely surprised me. I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, we knew he had talent. But to come in and light it up, you know, throwing four touchdowns early, um, you can tell that he's a leader, that people are responding to him. Um, he has the grit um, and the toughness to – to stay in there and make things happen uh, with his arm. But now he's showing even a different side, you know, with this pass game, taking off, running, you know, kind of putting his body out there. That That is the difference in being a Heisman Trophy runner-up and a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so I'm – I'm shocked. Is not the word? I'm just. I'm happy with where he is at this age. What is he? Nineteen, maybe. Yeah, I would say eighteen so. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, good lord! Well, this guy going to like in two years. You know, it's crazy. Well, and, and crazy. You, you say that. I mean, not that he'll probably be. You know, one more year after this, and probably go to the pros. But name, image, and likeness may change all that. I mean, heck, if you're making a couple of million bucks and, and you know, if he, if he got that before he could become a starter, uh, no telling what the name, image, and likeness may pay him. So, <laughs> maybe we can keep him around for two years. He'll break every record in Tuscaloosa from from a quarterback perspective. But I, I've just I've been impressed with everything that he's – the way that he carried himself. I mean, being the quarterback at Alabama is a tough job, man. I mean, it's, yes, it is. And for him yes, to come in and handle the way that he's done it uh, – uh, and he's become a distribution center too. Uh, I mean, we see that every week. It's almost like the number of receivers getting involved um, are are going up, 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 up. And then, um, you know, he's he, he's not playing, you know, with an offensive line that was last year. They're, they're still trying to jail together uh, that that offensive line. And so, just everything he's done, man. I mean, it's a plus, a plus for me. Yes, definitely. Kudos to him. Uh, Martin, I think we got you back. Uh, we were just talking about Bryce Young and exceeding our expectations of what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, and I, if you have any other questions, jump in there. And I got one about my Dallas Cowboys after this. No, I, I just uh, I've watched him. You know, as far as just a, a mature quarterback, I mean, a young man be extremely mature. One of one of the things because uh, George said this at the beginning that he thinks this team has a lot of room to improve, and I agree with that. Um, think about the things you can attest to this. Probably missing the most on this team is leadership. The ability to be consistent for four quarters, and that comes from your maturity and leadership. But this team is probably the youngest from an experience standpoint coming off of probably Nick Saban's most experienced with all of those fourth-year guys that would have normally went to the NFL uh, and the, and the fourth-year guys that came back for a fifth year. Uh, and, I, and so I think overall this team has probably played pretty well, but I do think that they have a huge upside if they can keep their goals and, and everything intact uh, to, to get to that playoff. Yes. And I do hope that's happening, that leaders are being developed. Um, and that's different than just being playmakers. That we do, You right. need vocal leadership. You do need leadership by example. Um, it's kind of what Willie Anderson is, you know, they're trying to do, right, um, or is doing. Um, 
more of that we can have, as you said, it's going to – that's why we were so good. I know people don't want to always hear about us back in the night, but we had really good leaders, man. Had really good yeah. leaders. Our captains were really good. But we had it outside of that. that hey, we got goals. We got things we're going to meet. You know, you got to get to class. You got to get to bed. <laughs> you know, you got to be at practice on time, whatever it was. We had those type of people. Um, and then, you know, hold people accountable when they're on the field um, as well. So, yes, I think once that is in place or highlighted a little bit more, maybe that's a better way to put it. I shouldn't say it like we don't have it. Um, but if it's highlighted a little bit more, man, this could be this could be a fabulous, you know, team, especially in another year or so. They keep playing together. Good Lord. It's just they could be so good. So, so good. Five and one going into the bye week. Uh, coming out of the bye week, uh, our Cowboys look pretty good. Are we Super Bowl bound? Man, look at here, look at here. <laughs> I was just talking to Tony Casillas right before we came on with you and we were talking about the Cowboys and their um, strengths and weaknesses. And I, I do think we got a chance here. And that my story with the Dallas Cowboys is it's kind of the same thing. Um, but the headline is going to be defense still wins championships. You know, I think the Dallas Cowboys um, just we've always had the high powered offense kind of rocking and rolling here with Dak, but now with Dan Quinn and those guys are bringing in with the Cowboys, uh, we got an opportunity over the next few weeks to continue to win, and hopefully we'll be ready for the Arizona Cardinals about week fourteen. <laughs> You know, Very that's true. where I'm at. Uh, Martin, we got like two minutes. If you got another question, we slip it in there. You know, I, good enough. They about me be a fan again. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this is what I like to say to y'all. Um, I know as we're closing this out, roll tide, everybody. I'm very happy with that. I love my um, my university. I will be back down there so hopefully I'll get a chance to see you guys I'll be back for the Arkansas game I do plan on coming down there for that um, and of course go Cowboys right? hey, hey, Br- all those teams. absolutely absolutely and I had to put up with all these Pittsburgh guys around here so it's it's kind of hard but uh, hey t- tell me tell me about Teague's take real, real quick uh, promote that yes yeah, sir so we're actually going to be on Teague's take here in a little bit that's what I thought that's what standard I thought. time 8 o'clock um, YouTube and Facebook Live. Y'all come on in, jump on the chat, say hello. Let's talk some Alabama football. Let's talk some Dallas Cowboys football. We'll be there. And that is Teague Football is on the main Twitter account, but you can also uh, connect with George and his son uh, on Teague's Take, and it's simply just Teague's Take on the Twitter account. Hey, George, thank you again, man, for, for John jumping in with Martin and I. Appreciate the opportunity, man. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Appreciate it, George. Have a good Later. one, sir. That is George Teague. Mark, we got to get out of here, man. we got like 30 seconds, man. So uh, always good to talk to you, my friend. I'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., and I'll see you guys at 2. Appreciate you, Martin. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. That's Mark Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. That's George Teague. Hillcrest Huddle coming up next. T-Town Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this afternoon. The high today around 71. Port tonight fair with the low at 44. Tomorrow increasingly cloudy. Rain arrives late tomorrow night. The high 73. Much cooler Thursday. Cloudy with light rain at times. The high 62. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa.